It's so nice. And I don't understand why it doesn't drip down into the United States, but somehow it doesn't. That line there is very firm. Which I, our priorities are different. Uh, frankly, where I live is mean. I got, in a, I got in a fight the other day over a parking space at the Museum of Tolerance. They're just, we're not that, we're not that, we, for example, my family were atheists, um, and uh, they, they're not particularly tolerant of that where I live, I must say, uh, and you know, really, the good thing about being an atheist is that we have no mandate to convert anybody, so you're not gonna wake up on a Saturday morning with me at your door. We, I, I never go like, ding dong, just stop by to tell you there is no word. Just brought along this little blank book I was hoping you'd take a look at. Even my, my kids get upset with me because um, we don't celebrate Easter. Uh, I say to them, first of all, it's not a part of our religious beliefs. And second of all, you don't like eggs. And thirdly, you don't look for anything. Happy Easter, go find your socks. I have three kids. I have a 17-year-old, um, a 14-year-old, and a 10-year-old, and I hesitate because it changes. I just showed them the other night the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I said, Mommy seems good, doesn't she? Because I think against that backdrop, I really shine. My 10-year-old is a 10-year-old boy. He's adorable but nutty, violent and wild uh, all the time. Except for about two years ago, uh, he got the flu and uh, he had 104.6 temperature. Nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> Everything was, please, mom, I love you, mom, thank you, mom. It was so hard to call the doctor. You, you love it. The funny thing about that scandal And the that. college admission scandal. Oh, and, I love and the, that. The parents, you you love it. The funny thing about that scandal is that they got their dumb kids in there, and but then they were able to handle the curriculum with no problem. Right. Like none of them flunked out. So I guess evidently the real difficulty is is getting in. Getting into those. Once colleges. you're in, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you went to Harvard, right? <laughs> <laughs> Was it difficult? I found, I'll, I'll tell everybody this. I worked really, really hard as a kid. I was a grind and went to public schools. And then I got in and I did think once I got in, this is not, I was terrified. Right, I, thought I, was gonna be the gonna be. I thought I was gonna be the stupidest person there. I was filled with feelings of inadequacy. And then I don't think it was harder than any other college that anybody's yeah. gone to. I, I really believe that. I don't know, but I think this thing, I can't imagine the embarrassment in those houses. But you love, you're smiling so much just thinking I know. Just, <laughs> I'm smiling more because, no, I've made a bunch of mistakes. I don't, you know, I don't hold people. I don't know. I still watch O.J. Simpson highlights. <laughs> I do. I'm a, I'm a football fan. You he's one of the top five running backs of all time. You're he, able to compartmentalize. But he's, he's all of that. When he goes into a restaurant, they go, murderer, murderer. He's not just that. He also won the Heisman.
Heisman Trophy. He's he get 2,000 yards in a 14-game season. It's just like people are very, they're complex. Do you think anyone, when he walks into, complex, you think when he walks into a restaurant, anyone yells out, Heisman Trophy! I would be, I would be adding stuff on, you know? Naked gun! Naked gun! One and two. Let's talk about the Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. I figured we would further continue these stand-ups. Here really is the man. But I do know. I know this one thing. I know there's a cure for whatever bioterrorism that they send at us. I know there's one. And it lies within Keith Richards. I know that. <laughs> He's the only man on the planet who can go anthrax. Cola, the fuck. Uh. Keith is the only man who can make the Osbournes look fucking Amish. <laughs> He's insane. I've seen Keith go to a drug dealer and drug dealers going, I'm out, man. I'm out. <laughs> I have nothing left. Supposedly, he goes to Switzerland and changes his blood. Not like one pint, but like a fucking Chevrolet. All of it. I just want to know who gets his blood. <laughs> Some old Swiss man's going, hey! I know that we may all be dead and gone. Keith will still be there with five cockroaches. <laughs> Keith will go, you know, I smoked your uncle. Did you know that? <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah, that's the brilliant Robin Williams doing a really great Keith Richards impression. Why, why am I playing that? There's always a reason why I'm doing something here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. <laughs> Laughter is good, especially in this crazy world that we're in. You have Bill Burr, Paula Poundstone, Robin, Robin Williams, or as Jack Nicholson called him, Robbo. <laughs> God. I love Paula, Paula Poundstone, though. I grew up watching Paula Poundstone. I thought she was hilarious. And then, of course, when I was a teenager... The comedian, well, I mean, there, well, there was show and there was, there was Chris. And, um, I think I've talked about this on the show before. How I think I, re well, no, I don't think I, I know I, re I repeated uh, a, a Chris Rock, well, kind of quote to someone in school, and they smacked me, and well, you know, I survived. Um, tell them to go get their salad toss. I didn't know what that was, to be honest. I'm not kidding you. I did. I had no idea. Okay. But obviously, Chris Rock knew, and um, let's go to the scene of the crime. He really is. I mean, just, it, you know, even post-slap. Come on. And if we want to piss off Will Smith even more, I mean, I don't know who really enjoyed getting their salad toss more, Jada or Will. I would probably say Will. Will looks like he'd like his salad toss. He's probably going to smack me for that. That's fine. He's far away. The jail special. 
couple of months ago. Now, normally when you see a special about jail, it's on regular TV, and there's a lot of shit they don't show. Oh, not the HBO jail special. Oh, they showed it all. They were interviewing a brother, and then they said, now, sir, with a new... When a new inmate comes in, and he wants some drugs, how do you initiate it? The guy goes, well, the first thing I do is make him toast my salad. <laughs> then the guy said, oh, no, why must you go through all of that, sir? Why not just oral sex? And the guy goes, well, when a man's sucking your dick, he can pretend that's something else. When he's eating ass, he knows his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why I got smacked. probably why I got smacked is because um, I think I was in drama class and I turned the guy said something really horrible to me. He says, hey, go get your fucking salad tossed. <laughs> and he obviously knew what it was because he smacked me. So yeah. yeah. It's Saturday night. Usually I'd have something planned but I'm tired. I didn't get a lot of rest. I went to work. Before that I went to McDonald's because I thought they had espressos and then I realized they didn't. And then I thought, oh, I don't want to go to Starbucks. And, you know, Starbucks has those horrible lines now. The line is all all of the Starbuckses, not just mine, are out the line. I mean, they are on the road. That's pretty bad. You know, it, it, I mean, shit. If they could get their stuff together, you know what I mean? Do the DoorDash, then we wouldn't have that problem. You know what I mean? I, I'm aware when it's like that. I don't go in. I don't even attempt the drive-thru. That, you know that's fucked up telling your boss, hey, I was late because of Starbucks. No sympathy right there. They're like, just make it at home. And then my luck is my bank. Sometimes I go to this one bank downtown and it's right next to Starbucks. And so sometimes I can't even get through that fucking line because of Starbucks. So then I tell them, look, I'm here to deposit money or take some out. I, you need to move your line somewhere else. I, I don't like that. I look, you know, and then I drive through there and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm tempted to roll down the window. You fucking losers! I want my money. Fucking sugar drinks. <laughs> but then, you know, I used to go there all the time a long time ago, and I think of my um, friend, um, Miss Goodwin, uh, who reminded me of the times oh yes i would od on starbucks i mean 
when I was teaching, I if I didn't have a Starbucks in my hand, something was wrong with me. You know, I'd get the Frappuccinos, and then that's probably why I was awake so much, is because that sugar rush. Ooh, yeah. So I played those comedians because we all need a vacation. We really do. And that's what comedy does. It provides you with a vacation. Not a, a four-star, you know, Hawaii or Timbuk fucking two. No. Uh, a vacation where you're in your own home. And you get to relax. I would even say go watch the George Carlin documentary. I know some people have to get in the mood for that. That's fine. That's fine. Get in the mood. Get in the mood. Don't get nude and get in the mood unless that's that's how you roll and that's how you watch a documentary. Okay. But it's um July 9th. I want to give a shout out to Dwayne. I haven't spoken to Dwayne in such a long time. Today's his birthday. He is a big Dave Matthews band fan. Oh my god, talk about the space between. <sighs> And I know a lot of people who don't like Dave Matthews. They like to harp on them. And I'm like, come on. You know? Look, look at those songs. Crush. What's the other one? Don't Drink the Water. That's a good song. Then you've got Alanis Morissette on it. And then Crash Into Me. Come on. When I Come Into You. <laughs> those are the lyrics. Oh, yeah. I like, I like singer-songwriters. You know, um, for a time I was kind of, well, I wouldn't say I was a snob, but I was kind of like my nose was a little bit up at the Dixie Chicks when they were still called, now they're called the Chicks, when they wouldn't write their own songs, and then finally they did. Like, they did that with Fly, and I was like, good. Because, yeah, it's cute, you know, someone writes wide open spaces for you, you know, um, and it's a hit, and that's 24 years ago put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just to piss off the, uh, well, piss off the people who stay, still hate them. Uh, I don't hate them, though. I, oh, yeah, I love them. Ever since I heard Wide Open Spaces, and I'm not a country music fan, I remember hearing Wide Open Spaces, and then I saw them on TV, and I thought, who are these crazy chicks? And they were the Dixie Chicks, but now they're called the Chicks. So that's fitting, because now I can just say, oh, the Chicks. Yeah, yeah. And then they did Ready to Run and My Favorite Sin Wagon. Or is, how does she start that off? Taking my turn on the Sin Wagon. And then, um, was it White Trash Wedding? Um, and then Long Time Gone. That was, it always bothers me when they use really popular songs to whore out food. And I think at one point they were doing long time gone by the chicks and it was to promote um kfc i think it was kfc about 20 years ago i don't know <sighs> i want to give a shout out i know he's listening to james um james lost his father 20 years ago in 2002 um i remember one time we were out driving because he would pick me up when we'd drive around and, you know green and um and he showed me a picture of his his mom and his dad and i said dude you look so much like your father it's just un, it's it's uncanny right there it, the resemblance i mean the genes right there and then he told me some things and you know um and so he posted a really beautiful tribute and uh 
we, we, we talk about music, we talk about film, we talk about comedy. I, I think everyone of my generation, we watch Chris Rock. I mean, everyone remembers Chris Rock saying, we don't need no gun control. We need some fucking bullet control. Bullet should cost $5,000. That's right. That's true. Because then, you know, think about that. Can't shoot any place up. Now, if you go to war, I mean, that's different. Maybe you get a coupon, you know. You get a bonus, you know, scratch off, you know. You know, five, 15 bullets for the price of one. You know, that's like the Columbia House. That's like the CDs. Remember that? In fact, oh, geez, how long? Mm. I remember being a teenager. <laughs> this is in the beginning. My evil laugh. <laughs> this is in the beginning of the of the Internet era. I remember I knew where said person's credit card was and I had never ordered, you know, it, it was like I had like this like f- fever, like this sickness, like I know where the credit card is and I know where the computer is and I think it was midnight and I was being bratty and I went to the computer and I went to Columbia House, whatever happened to Columbia House? They still in business, and I and I think I hit, I think I clicked once. All I remember is is that two boxes showed up, and the jig was up, and my mother said, "Now, where's the credit card?" So then I had to give it to her, and then she says, "Now, which box do you want to send back?" And I'm thinking, "Well, I'd like both, but I guess one." You know, and they lie to you, Columbia House, because they say it's for the price of a penny. You get, what is it, 12 CDs? Okay. I don't even know what I did with half those CDs. Um, I think you get, but see, then the shipping and handling, they don't factor in. Let's, let's, let's see what happened to Columbia House. I mean, you know, yeah, we live in, uh, we live in download land. Excuse me, download land. Oh, here we go. Oh, is it still? Although Direct Brand shut down music um, mail order operations in mid-2009, it continued to use the Columbia House brand market videos in the U.S. uh, selling DVDs and Blu-rays via the controversial practice of negative option billing. Um, Okay. Okay. So is it still in... Let's see. I know that they were in Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, market decline. Well, yeah, I could have told you that. Bankruptcy. Parent uh, of the Columbia House Music and DVD Clubs announced on August 10th, 2015 that it plans to sell Columbia House DVD Club business, which sells record movies and direct and TV series directly to consumers through a bankruptcy auction. Oh, shit. Oh, returning music sales. Talk about desperation. Yeah. God. I, I used to order. But see, and then they would... You always had to respond whether you wanted the CD of the month. And if you didn't, they sent it to you anyway. So then you had to pay for it. You couldn't send it... I mean, you could send it back, but it was... It was an arm and a leg um, to do that. 
and this is, you know, this isn't Freeform Friday. I mean, we can, I'm just being silly tonight. Let's see if Columbia House still is, okay, oh, okay, oh, they got DVDs, okay, they got clearance, oh, get your first two DVDs for only nine, what happened to the price of a penny? What happened to the price of a fucking penny? Okay. Oh, they got Pet Cemetery. Nineteen dollars. Where's the Where's the penny? Where is the price? Talk about a fucking ripoff. Do they still sell music? Let's see. I'm not paying nineteen dollars for the Grinch. Okay. Terms of membership. See, I don't see. Okay, well, they have doc. See, I like documentaries. How much are documentaries? Join now for a dollar for zero. <laughs> okay. Free shipping. Okay, that's not true. Columbia House Music. Do they still sell music? I I sometimes still buy CDs. I know people who do. Okay, they have deep discount, but they don't have Columbia House. Um, Columbia House and BG BMG are gone and the 13 year olds who got swindled by them all too <laughs> uh, wait a minute Columbia House deals 3 DVDs for $1 each No, this is kidding jokes. What? Okay, choose DVDs. Oh my God, it's like the teenager in me has come back <gasps> for the price of a penny. <laughs> Twelve CDs for the price of one. Remember, but then, but then when the shipping. I'm trying to I think the shipping was like fifteen or twenty dollars. Or was it thirty? It was the nineties. It was a long it was twenty six years ago. Twenty six years ago. Your music, okay. Oh, they have Columbia House Canada. Oh, I love I have you know, Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. I have a lot of Canadian listeners. You know, I was thinking about that tonight. I, a buddy was telling me not too long ago that he preferred Neil Young over Bob Dylan. And I said, why can't we have them both? And and I and I love Neil Young. Come on, come on. I love Joni Mitchell. I love Rush. There is really something in that Canadian water. If you think of all these geniuses, I mean, Katie Lang, you know, Constant Cravings. And, um... Joni Mitchell and Rush and Neil Young and Lannis Marsat. She's got one hand in her pocket and the other one's giving a peace sign, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no... There's really... I would put Neil in the caliber of, of Bob Dylan because Neil... But then again, Neil is his own person. You know? Neil, Neil's got a different kind of style. It's very grungy. And see what's great is on Saturdays, we I can just 
go off like this. I can just talk to the audience, uh, talk about documentaries, talk about Columbia House. <laughs> oh my god. Where is it? All CDs, more info. Really? Choose your CDs. Unfortunately, your music is probably, but there is good news. Amazon. Oh, okay. Fuck no. Every we all go to Amazon. Jeff Bezos is so rich. But here's my question about Jeff. No disrespect to Jeff. I, I purchase often from Amazon. But you would think with all that money, you would get a few things fixed, okay? I'm not gonna say what. It's kinda obvious. But get it fixed, please. You know? I, I saw this really strange clip of this Karen, this woman, and she was pissed that these kids were playing at the at the playground. And she like lives further down the street and she's fucking complaining. But then my complaint with her was she wasn't wearing a fucking bra. If you want to state your case and state that you're angry, at least wash your hair, do your face a little bit, and put on a fucking bra. Nobody needs to see that, okay? My goodness. All the way down to the fucking ground. The fuck? And, and I'm sure she's a, a nice complainer and know a nice whiner <sighs> looking at some lamb of god right now oh, I love lamb of god. Mm. they're just so magical so fucking magical they really are and um let's add you know, fucking Columbia House. They won't give me what I want, and so I'm gonna go get what I want. <laughs> it's like Burger King. Have it your way. Have it your way. But I really, I haven't. No, that's not true. I did go to Burger King today. You know, I, I just have to have those um, mozzarella sticks. I'm always, I mean, I'm not always looking for a bargain, but come on, come on. I mean, what, what the fuck are we going to do? And in these crazy times, it is essential to listen to really good music. It, it is just essential. If you listen to the music and you love it and you... You, it becomes part of you. Yeah. Right now I'm just like, uh, I'm wishing this was Columbia House. Shit. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> I wish, um, what is it? I wish bath salts were a little cheaper. Let's let's save this for later. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, Columbia House doesn't exist anymore. But if you're listening and you remember buying those 12 CDs for a penny, 
or the 12... I remember the 12 DVDs for a penny. Well, they weren't a penny, though. I think I ordered The Sound of Music and Gandhi and American History X. Oh, God, that shower scene. Anyway, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Um, Disney Plus, I need some more Obi-Wan Kenobi, okay? I need more. Just like I need more Mandalorian. Boba Fett, here's the thing. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I actually liked it because there are some surprises along the way. So that's that's what it's about. And Bill Burr is in The Mandalorian. I don't think he's in Boba Fett, but he's in The Mandalorian. Now, if Paula Poundstone's in The Mandalorian, I am just going to hit the floor. I would, Or Margaret Cho. Oh, God, can you imagine Margaret Cho with Baby Yoda? She'd be like, hey, Baby Yoda, you want to try a joint? <laughs> then he'd really know how to be with the Force. But no. Um, you know who's on The Mandalorian? You Many of you probably don't recognize her. Amy Sedaris. You know how The Mandalorian goes to the mechanic all the time? That's Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Now, wouldn't that be a trip if Amy and David Sedaris were in The Mandalorian? <laughs> Talk about a guest star right there. And um, the Emmys are coming up, and I'm sure Boba Fett is just... Obi-Wan is not is not um it's not it's not qualified because it there's those stupid cutoffs that's what I hate about award shows oh you missed the cutoff yeah as someone who was I'm a December baby I love being born in December I used to hate it because I always wanted a pool party but then I started to realize who everyone wants a fucking pool party I don't want to be like everybody fuck them so I, I liked it. I liked it that I'm born in December and I'm a little moody sometimes and I'm a little excited and, you know, and I like what I like. And um, you like this film podcast and music podcast. So, um, yeah, it's all good. It's all good to be a Sagittarius and um, your individuality that's what it's all about that's why I do this podcast I don't do this podcast oh my god look at me no no I know a lot of people like that who wanted to get into the industry and they only wanted to get into the industry to stick it to their bullies that is so Romy and Michelle's high school reunion think of something else be original okay if you don't like how people treated you then move the fuck on, okay? Move on and make art. Even the great Carrie Fisher did that. Think of all that hurt that Carrie Fisher endured in her life and the mental illness and and how she, she made it something to laugh about. And with that, we end tonight with a, a just brilliant one-woman show called Wishful Drinking, and one night in 2013, I was, I couldn't sleep, and there it was, Carrie Fisher, the late, Carrie, what made you want to do Wishful Drinking? Well, you know, the humor itself, 
is about wishful drinking and Hollywood 101, okay? And so I want you to go further. That's right, that's right. Find the clip. There we go. It's just perfect. It's perfect. To go to a mental hospital. And, well, you don't want to be rude, right? So you go. second now it's a really really exclusive invitation i mean how many of you have been invited to a mental hospital see she had a point and then anyway so now it's 1970 and i'm enrolled in the central school of speech and drama london and, you know, like I said, at first, I just, I really did not want to go. But once I got there, it was, it was truly some of the best times of my life. I mean, it, it was the only unexamined part of my life where I was just a student among students, going to boys and movement class, and learning weird little tongue twisters like... All I want is a proper cup of coffee made in a proper cup of coffee pot. You can believe it or not, but I want a cup of coffee in a proper coffee pot. Tin coffee pots and dying coffee pots. They're no use to me. If I can't have a proper cup of coffee in a proper cup of coffee pot, I'll have a cup of tea. Now, oh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed my performance as Princess Leia, and who could resist my stunning, layered, moving, not unlike Mary Poppins' performance, then it is thanks to tongue twisters like that. Consider, you'll never get that bucket of old fast that blockade proper copper coffee pot. <laughs> or why you stuck up half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder proper copper coffee pot on a cup of tea. It's dialogue from the Star Wars film. <laughs> my father, he so adored this man, Mike Todd, that my brother Todd was named for him. But you know, in the Jewish faith, it is considered bad luck to name a newborn after someone who's still living. A silly superstition. <laughs> <laughs> he consoled her with his penis. Yes. 
That's that's what happened. Here's some more wishful drinking. Every so often, you meet a magic person. And that's really, that is how I felt when I met Paul. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. We have the secret handshake of, like, shared sensibility, you know what I mean? I mean, we understood each other perfectly. You know, Paul and I, we, we were actually together over 12 years. Well, off and on. And so, you know, we traveled a lot together, and he did his Simon and Garfunkling and stuff. And um, Paul, he wrote an album based on South American music. And that album was called The Rhythm of the Saints. And on it was the last song that Paul ever wrote about me. Now, if you can get Paul to write a song about you, do it! Because he is so, so good at it. But um, this song was called She Moves On. Ironic title. And uh, so there's this lyric in it that I wanted to share with you because I'm feeling kind of a closeness now, you know? And that lyric is, I'm afraid that I'll be taken, abandoned and forsaken in her cold coffee eyes. Yeah, I'm a bitch. song about me and um, this one was called allergies and the lyric in that was my heart is allergic to the woman I love and it's changing the shape of my face is that flattering no I don't think it is either but, but my, well, though, my favorite album is though is this album it's uh, called um, Hearts and Bones. And the title song... Well, actually, it sounds a lot like this, but this couldn't be it because we didn't get permission to use it. <laughs> so that, that would be bad, wouldn't it? Oh, it would not be bad because, you know, I never took any alimony from Paul. So think of it this way. You're listening to my alimony. <laughs> the alimony it is. Oh, we got permission. Anyway, the lyric is one and one half wandering Jews. One and half wandering Jews. I'm the half from Eddie. Return to the natural course. West is my natural course. Who had been damaged the most? Guess who won that contest? <laughs> when I was 26, and um, we got divorced when I was 28. And at 29, I went into rehab. Now, obviously not because I needed it, but because, well, I was doing research for my novel, Postcards from the Edge. I wrote um, Postcards from the Edge, the book, the novel, when I was like, 28 or 29 in Los Angeles. Then I got back together with Paul again. So I wrote the screenplay of uh, Postcards in New York. 
Then they start filming the movie in L.A. with Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine. I want to be on that set, right? So I start traveling out to L.A. from New York a lot. And this was really bad for my relationship with Paul. I mean, things were getting worse faster than we could lower our standards. <laughs> I, uh, uh, pretty soon, we did know that it was over. Uh, Mike Nichols actually used to say about us that we were two flowers, no gardener. <laughs> no one was minding the relationship. So, one of the last times I was flying back out to L.A. again, right? So, Paul and I have been fighting all morning. He drives me to the airport to get rid of me faster. And I'm about to get on the plane, right? So I turn to him and I say, you'll feel bad if I crash. And he said, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul and I went our respective ways. And he went on to marry someone younger than himself, Edie Brickell from the South. So, not to be outdone, I married someone younger than myself, Brian Lord, also from the South. Now, the difference between our choices. My choice forgot to tell me that he was gay. <laughs> and so that's a taste of um, wishful drinking with Carrie Fisher and I figured Dr. Zeus Film Podcast just to make you all laugh with these selections of comedians and hooligans. Well, no, they're not hooligans, but, you know, in Columbia House, I was the hooligan because the 12 CDs, they didn't sell themselves. And, you know, when you scratch a CD or DVD or whatever it is, you're screwed. You are screwed. And so enough of me ranting unpleasant dreams. <laughs>